picked up your share of scars along the way oh, but now you're standing in the sun you fought your fight and your race is run the pain is all a million miles away the only scars in heaven that won't belong to me and you there'll be no such thing as broken and all the old will be made new and the thought that makes me smile now even as the tears fall That the only scars in heaven yeah, are on the hands that hold you now. see you you live on in all the better parts of me until I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight in this race I'll run until I finally see what you can see oh the only scars in heaven that won't be Such thing is broken, and all the old will be made new, and the thought that makes me smile now, and even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now? Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now I just can't it's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down but what will i say when i'm held to the flame like i am right now i know you're
Good morning. Welcome to Bridgepoint Church. Before you leave today, I hope you noticed, or even when you came in this morning, I hope you noticed the color of that tree out there, and even the ones over here. Is that God's beauty or what? Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand this morning, and let's sing to that God, and thank Him for the glory. Stop us, and if our God is with us, then 
stronger and our God is greater. Amen. We need to be claiming that every day that he has Amen. the power to heal. Jesus, thank you. All right. <laughs> so we got some announcements for today. Now, I only had a couple, but some were added. So we're going to go really fast. You know how I can do this really fast. So Operation Christmas Child. Here we go. Here we go. We're, I don't know if you know, Sue's excited. Um, so <laughs> We're ready to start packing those shoe boxes. You're gonna see in your bulletin the schedule. Please look at that, please help. Um, we wanna make sure that we can get these all done organized and well, um, so that everything goes out well. So we wanna make sure we're doing that. Immediately after service with the newcomers banquet, we also need to get tables up from downstairs in order to do the packing party tomorrow night. So 
We're asking some of the guys to stick around and help us lug some tables up from downstairs, if you can. And the stuff. And the stuff. And the bins. So, all right, so we got a lot going on right after church for this. Also, um, we need to be collecting money for shipping the boxes. That's a really important thing. It costs us $9 to ship those boxes, each one of them. And so um, it was really important that we have those funds to do that. And so we're planning on a little over 600, we're hoping this year, so that's a little bit of money that we need to be um, putting in for the shipping. So if you have some additional funds that you could allocate towards Operation Christmas Child Shipping, please do that. Newcomers Luncheon is today. Um, So we're gonna be doing that right after the service. So if you are new to the church, um, you've been coming for a little while and you go, hey, I wonder what our church does and, and, it t- and what we stand for, what our, um, what our mission is. We're going to be talking about that um, after church today. It's going to be downstairs in the youth room, um, which is a fabulous room. You cannot play foosball as we're talking, but it's a fine uh-huh. We have a lot of fun down there, air hockey too. So anyway, so, um, that'll be right after the service. We're going to get that set up to go. Um, so if you're new and you want to know a little bit about Bridgepoint, please come down. You're going to meet some of the leadership and have some question and answers. So if you have any questions for Pastor John. Um, boundary study. This is starting on Wednesday. This is a brand new study that um, um, Scott and Kristen will be leading, and it's going to be on Wednesday evenings at 630 Um, This is a great study. I actually have not been able to do this study, but always wanted to. So I'm hoping my husband will include me at home on this study because I'm with the youth at this time. (laughs) But uh, it's a great study. So if that's something you want to get involved with, there's going to be sign-ups in the back. Scott's right in the back so he can talk to you about that. But this is a brand new study starting on Wednesday. Um, Fall cleanup. Scott, are we actually doing this? It's already fall? All right, the trustees say it's time. So anyways, <laughs> November 13th, 8 o'clock here. Bring your rakes, bring everything. We're going to get the, all the leaves done. Hopefully we'll have our trees, um, the leaves will be down by that time. If not, it's just beautiful anyway. So we're going to be doing some raking on that. So, oh, just a quick note for our kids. Your pumpkins that you painted, please take those home. Those are in the back. So and the rest, we can start our worship. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. One thing, um, if you if you'd like to donate for the Operation Christmas Child to mark it on your envelope OCC, don't mark it OCD because that goes to the pastor's fund. <laughs> Please stand. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what But I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are.
good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Because you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways.
Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior is always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He is always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior is always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He is always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me breathe. My strength, my solace from this spring. That he who lives to be my king. Once I to be my savior. That he would leave his place on high. And come for sinful men to live.
Wow, that woke me up. <laughs> Better than coffee. Thanks, Rob. Woo. Way to go, Rob. All right. I've been following the news lately, and they've been something about Christian artists charging too much to go to their concerts, and I thought, what a crock. Amen. Don't they deserve to be paid too? Yes. All right. That's why we don't pay you guys. <laughs> All right. We're going to dismiss the kids to their classes. Head on down, guys. Have a great time. And behave yourselves. Remember, the pastor's wife tells him everything. I know who you are. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this amazing day and your blessing on us as a church, as a congregation. Thank you for watching over us. We pray especially for those who are struggling with COVID today. A couple of our members are very sick. We just pray, Lord, for divine healing. For Lord, you to do what only you can do. Raise them up, bring them home, bring them back to our church and our congregation. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will keep us all safe as we struggle against this deadly disease, that we will hear your voice, walk in faith and in courage, and in wisdom as well, that you'll bless us and use us for your glory. We pray, Lord, that you will bless this time of offering as we bring our tithes and offerings into your storehouse. Thank you for providing for our congregation, and thank you, Lord, for those who've given so faithfully through the last couple of years especially that they've just continued to give. Thank you, Father. Bless them, I pray, for their faithfulness to you and to this church. We pray, Lord, that you'll use us for your glory today and help us honor you in all that we say and do to bless your name together. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Let's worship the Lord one more time before the message.
series, and uh, I'm, I've got uh, next week's almost ready to go, so that kind of gives me a half a day off, by the way, that I'm almost halfway done. So anyway, my um, tablet is acting up, so I'm not as ready as you are. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Created for the power. We're created for a reason, and we've been put on this planet for a reason, and God gave us direction, and I'm going to rehearse some of the stuff I've already said. 
But I want to take you to the, um, to the how side of it now. You know, we've talked about how God has put us here for a reason and that he created this planet and he gave us some directions as to what we should do that we should make it better. Just as he did. He looked at the planet and said, he looked at the space and he said, it's not done yet. We have that same opportunity on this planet and in our own lives too. And I want to talk today about taking that responsibility seriously. But let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We've talked about how the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the face of the waters. This is earth not done yet. God's idea, God's vision of what the earth could be, should be, still hadn't been fulfilled. So God spoke things into existence. And then on the sixth day, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Notice he left nothing out. He left nothing out. This is everything. This is our responsibility. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So adding shape to the formless. God said to the earth and looked at the earth and said, it's not done, it's shapeless, it's formless, it doesn't have any purpose yet. So how do I give it purpose? And he spoke into existence the light and the dark, the animals of the field and the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea and, and made this planet what it is today. Only back then it was perfect. But he still created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden and he gave them a directive to garden it, to maintain it, to make it livable for them. They had a responsibility so God didn't just plop us in this earth and say, good luck. He gave us a direction. He gave humanity direction. He gave them something to do. And all of us face that challenge in our lives. That's why we're here, right? We have this challenge in our lives to make something of ourselves. If you raised your children, you probably said that to them more than once. Make something of yourself. Here's what you need to do. Here are some things you need to correct and some things you need to address in your own personal life. So, what is the purpose? How do we get there? Number one is just perf purposeful actions. And that requires a vision for improvement. A vision for improvement. Now when you, when you walk into a certain situation, you can look around and say, uh, this isn't good, this isn't right. I remember my first week here, one of the trustees said to me, what can we do? What do you want done first? I said, take care of that wall. Get it out of here. That was the first directive I gave to the trustees. Just get that wall out. There used to be a wall out there, and I've told this story before. Just get it out of here. It's in the way. Aren't you glad how open that space is now? Much more usable. Because I had a vision to say, we need to make this place you know, fit what we need to do. And what we need to do is socialize and, and have a time after service. What we need to do is have a cafe area that functions better, a place where people can meet and greet and talk to one another. So that was part of my vision, and I saw that that wall was in the way, so I said, get rid of it. And there were a bunch of other things like that as well. 
And we still have that vision of improving things. When I came into my house, and I'm telling this story for a reason, we moved into our house in De Pere almost four, 13 years ago, 13 and a half years ago. And it, it's an old house, almost 100 years old. And, we, and um, Howard Wood was there with me. I'm, I'm telling this story because we held Arlene and Howard Wood's funeral here yesterday. Their memorial service was here yesterday for both of them. They, by, they died just weeks apart. And so Howard says to me, look at all this plumbing, it doesn't match. You got old pipes here, new pipes there, plastic pipes there, copper pipes there. This one's a half inch, it should be three quarter, and blah, blah, blah. He's gone through this whole thing and I said, well, what do I do? He said, I'll help you. So he came in and replumbed the whole lower level of my house, put an all-new three-quarter inch copper pipe. I'm grateful for that, and that's why I tell that story. Howard helped me out. And great improvement. He saw what was not right, and he said, you need to fix this. And I said, okay, let's get it done. The vision to improve. We look around our lives, and we see things sometimes, and we go, this needs to improve. Your personal life, your marital life, your business life, your whatever you're, whatever you're facing, you know that there are things that need to improve. That's the first step. You look at it and say, this could be better. To do that, you need to understand the issue. What really needs to be changed here, what really needs to be fixed here, in my plumbing situation, it was I went to the store and picked up all the plumbing. Howard gave me a list. This is what you need. I went and got it all. Brought it back to him and said, there you go. And he did it. It was part of the process. Here's the issue. What do I need to do about this? How can I fix it? And isn't it the struggle that a lot of us face that we look at our lives and we look at a situation in our lives and we say, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to do this. I don't have the answers that I'm looking for. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But you need to understand the issue. Looking beyond what is to what could be. If you're struggling in your life, if you're struggling in your job, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your finances, look beyond what is. What could be? What can we fix? and prayerfully consider what could be. Prayerfully. Don't just go off willy-nilly and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Bless God. I'm going to tackle this thing. Take some time. Step back a little bit. We can look at a situation, we can look at a problem and say, I'm just going to go at this like a bull in a china shop. And a lot of us do, right? I'm going to fix this problem God help me. Well, I hope God does help you. Because sometimes when we rush into a situation or we rush into a problem, we may sometimes make it worse with our fix than when we started, right? And we need to step back and consider the issue and consider understanding the issue. What really needs to happen here? Prayerfully consider what can be. And let me get to this particular item because I've mentioned it a lot lately, get wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Get wisdom, get understanding. Where do you get wisdom? I've made several recommendations on this subject already. 
But start by reading the wisdom books of the Bible. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, those books offer wisdom to you. They'll take you to a depth that you haven't considered yet, the wisdom of God. And I'll, I'll tell you something, what we really need in our culture today, what we really need in our world today is some godly wisdom. We have a lot of people with some ideas without understanding what the long-term picture will be. We need godly wisdom in our world today. And the church needs it as well. And you need it in your personal life. So get wisdom. Start seeking it out. Start seeking him out. And he'll give you wisdom. So look at this. Wisdom, my son. Notice that he said, my son. Get wisdom, my son. Get wisdom. This is handed down from a father to his son. From a parent to their child. To be gender neutral. From a parent to their child. This direction needs to come, first of all, in your family. Amen. Your children learn more from you than they will learn from anyone else. Now, in our day of TikTok and Facebook and all this other social media stuff, chose that word carefully, stuff, we desperately need parents really, really involved with their kids' lives. Really involved. And that doesn't mean overpower them and beat them with a rod. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But it does mean involvement. Be aware what's out there. Be aware. I said it last week. As strongly as I could, get your kids off of TikTok. They do not belong there, period. There's nothing in there that's redemptive. Nothing in there that's godly. And that I can say about almost all of social media today. Yes, there's some good things out there. I use it. But there's some really garbage, a lot of garbage out there. And you need to filter those things for your children. Get wisdom. And that's what God's saying to us, parents, adults. Get wisdom. Why? Because he's a good, good father. Right? And he's saying to us, listen, my children, get wisdom. Get understanding. Go deeper than you've ever gone before. Read and get direction from me and understand me. Spend some time in my presence because I want to direct you. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Learn from others. Others that have been down that path before. If you need marital direction, get with someone who's having a successful marriage. They can help. If you need pastoral direction, call me. I have a phone, and it works. Come in and see me. Don't just stop by, by the way. I, should, I probably shouldn't say that, but, you know, I, I do have a schedule on a life that I run in my office, and just dropping in is sometimes inconvenient um, and takes me off of the course that I'm on, and then I have to get back on it later, and it just would be polite if you would call first and say, can I come in or text me? Word to the wise, get wisdom. Learn from others. Listen to the voices of the people who've walked down that road before. Notice that third point. Get away from the fools. The Bible tells us not to call people fools, and yet the Bible says the word fools thousands of times. Did you ever notice that? 
It always struck me as kind of a conundrum. But when the Bible uses the word fools in the context of wisdom, it means not just people that don't learn or won't learn. People who have stubbornly decided this is it and there is no other way. Those people just, you just need to back away a little bit and, and get some space in your life. It just doesn't mean that you unfriend them, so to speak, but you, you know, it's like filtering on social media. Just take, take some precautions. Be wise. If your friends and your family are always putting you down and always pushing you down and always beating you up, don't walk by them very often. A wise man told me that once. He said, if someone's throwing acid at you every time you walk by them, you would stop walking by them, wouldn't you? And I said, yeah. Duh. Same things happen with words and relationships and people in our lives that sometimes we just need to back away and say, you know what? I don't need that. What I really need is to hear from the Lord in this. I am. Um, I see this in relationships all the time. People struggling in their relationships, in their marriages, and they, and they talk to their friends who also are struggling in their marriages and in their relationships, and they get really bad advice because the people who are struggling are also struggling and they're listening to each other, and it's just like piling up this pile of junk. Get a little space. Step back. Talk to someone who can give you some direction and some insight. Stay away from fools. And sluggards are, sluggards are of no use to the wise. And I put this in there for a reason. This is, goes along with wisdom. And, and the writer of Proverbs says this over and over again. He mentions sluggards. People who are not willing to put the effort in. Because if you're going to get wisdom and you're going to address what needs to be fixed in your lives, you're going to need to plug in and work hard. I highly recommend the class on boundaries. Highly recommend it. I've read the book several times. In fact, I've read its sequel. I taught it a couple of times. It's a great study on boundaries, wisdom, building relationships that really work in your life. But those people who aren't willing to do the work are always going to struggle with the same old stuff over and over and over again. The same old attitudes they stick keep in their lives. And God didn't put us here to just live with this stuff. He gave us the ability to address situations and to start fixing them. He put us here for a reason. To take the chaos and make it manageable and workable. And better. To improve it. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 11. When a mocker is punished, the simple gain wisdom. By paying attention to the wise, they get knowledge. This verse supports everything I've just told you. When a mocker is punished, the simple gain wisdom. They look at what's happening in other people's lives and say, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I was talking to a, two brothers not too long ago, talked talk to them separately, not too long ago. One of them struggling with alcoholism and all kinds of things in his life. The other one is highly successful, highly motivated. I asked them both the same question. The highly successful, highly motivated guy, I said, what made the difference in your life? Why are you the way you are? And he said, my dad was an alcoholic. And I learned from that. 
I asked his brother the same question, and you know what he said? My dad was an alcoholic. The exact same answer. I couldn't believe it. And I took note. I took note. When a mocker is punished, what? The wise gain insight and wisdom. The fool doesn't. Doesn't. Follows in the same footsteps, makes the same mistakes. In my own life, I can say this personally, I don't like to ever take drugs, any drugs, even aspirin. I stay away from them because my father was a drug addict. So I just stay away from them. I've never had a problem with it. I don't have any problem with any addictive substance, period. It's just never an issue for me. I can't say that for the rest of my family. I gained wisdom and knowledge by watching the mistakes Not everybody does. Learn from those around you you see stumbling and falling. Get wisdom and get knowledge. So if the Lord is God, and He is, He gives us the opportunity to make wise choices. Wisdom is divine. God gives us this gift of wisdom. It's a knowledge of the divine. In other words, If you want to have wisdom, you have to know the God who gives wisdom, the God who is wisdom, the God who teaches wisdom, the God of the God of the God of the God of the God. You need to know God. You can't have Him without Him. Worldly wisdom, the Bible says, is foolishness. In fact, it says the righteousness of of the righteous of this world is filthy rags. Everything that the world has to offer in the light of who God is is dim and dark, formless and chaotic. God gives us the opportunity by being the divine creator and putting in us that same ability to create things in our lives that are life-giving, that are life-supporting, that are future-looking, that are fixing the issues. God gives us that direction as a divine gift because he created us in his image. He gave us that ability. Knowledge without a creator is foolishness. Look around, you'll see it. It's everywhere. And understanding grows out of knowing. Not in knowing just details and things, but in knowing the one who made it all. Understanding. Why do I understand some of the things that I understand? Because I know the one who created it all. And I don't have to question anymore. I can just know. I can just understand, and you can too, that God had a plan and a direction and a purpose. How he created you to live, how he created you to walk, how he created you to create, to take that which is chaotic and make it beautiful, useful to him and to yourself to give you a good life. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says this, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Notice the choice is yours. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So let's talk about raising children for just a minute. Because we are children. We still are. I'm a full-grown adult. I have a birthday coming up, and I'm dreading it. 
I don't know why I dread birthdays anymore, but I just do. Because I'm going to be 64, and that just seems old. Right? It's like one year from when most people retire. I have no plans of retiring at 65, unless God makes me, which I doubt he will. As long as I'm strong and able to do what I'm able to do, I'm going to keep doing it. That makes more sense to me than playing golf. Not that there's anything wrong with golf. I used to play it, but I lost my Christianity one too many times, and I said, <laughs> I can't play this anymore. It's not a game. <clears throat> Look at what it says about folly. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it from him, or far from him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I want to say something about beating your children. Do I need to say this? Don't go get a rod and beat your kids, please. Um, it's not talking about beating your children. It's really talking about discipline and the idea of discipline, that you need to take strong steps in discipline. Strong steps in discipline. The rod of correction. That you say, here's the line, do not cross it. So, if children have this amazing ability to have to be bound up in their hearts with folly. That's why they have parents, right? That's why I had parents. That's why you have parents. They taught me. They showed me. They lived before me. When I stepped out of line, they corrected me. I spent a lot of time in my room alone, just like your kids do. I spent a lot of time not being able to do things with my friends because I was grounded. I was grounded for a whole summer one time. Do you want to know? I'm not going to tell you why. It didn't last all summer because my mom decided that was a punishment on her, not me. So, so it didn't last the whole summer. But nonetheless, sometimes we, we do what we need to do to teach our children to become adults, responsible adults. A child is a gift from the Lord. God puts these... Let's use the... Let's use the biblical word, the chaotic, into our lives, right? If you haven't had children, you have no idea what chaos they can create. It's just constant. Soon they start crawling, and then they start walking, and then they start running, and then you're done. You just can't keep up anymore. And this, they're this amazing gift that God gives us to form, to direct. But a, a child needs godly direction. That's why I'm, I'm so adamant about children's ministry. It needs to be good. It needs to be wonderful. But your kids need to be here. Because we can help. That's our job. We can help with your teenagers. We really can. Godly direction. They need it. I need it. Because I'm still that child listening to the Father. A child needs parents. And adults need to act like adults. Your children aren't your best friends. They're your children. Be their parent. You're the only ones they've got. So be their parent first and foremost. Don't go to their parties. Don't design their parties. Don't be at the party. Don't do that. Just be their parent. You need to be their parent. And that makes you the bad guy. I get it. I was the bad guy. 
was a responsibility that I took seriously and that I took on gladly because I knew no one else could do what God had placed me there to be, and that's their father. So be that parent. It's your responsibility, and it's your calling. It's a gift from God. Take it seriously. So, moving right along, 1 Corinthians 2.6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of the age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Notice that the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. God's still in charge. Amen. Be mature Christ followers. Be mature Christ followers. Maturity means that you take responsibility. It also means that you take responsibility for yourself. One of the disasters that's happening in our culture right now, and, this, and I'm going to speak culturally for just a minute, is everybody's looking for someone to blame for every little thing that goes wrong. It's culture's fault, it's society's fault, it's school's fault, it's parents' fault. It's... Take responsibility for your own stuff. Don't worry about all the other stuff. And that means personally as well. If you need to correct things in your life, get to work. Get to work. Nobody can fix you. Your wife, your wife can't fix you. Your husband can't fix you. Your children aren't there to fix you. They're your children. Take responsibility for yourselves. And quit looking for people to blame. Because sometimes, honey, it's you. You're the problem. Fix you. Get to work on that. God's given us this world and said, and your world is you first. And it's chaotic. I know. I live in that world. But he says to me, you, I've given you this ability, I created you in your, my image to address these issues, to deal with the problems in your own life. Be patient with yourself too. Be forgiving with yourself too. If you're always beating yourself up, you're not going to win that way. You're just going to get lower and lower and lower and lower and pretty soon you're stuck in the mud. Pick yourself up. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Take a spa day once in a while. All right, moving right along. 1 Corinthians 2.11. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? You know more about you than you give yourself credit for. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. Now, think on these things. Spirit-led. No one knows the Spirit of God like God Himself. No one knows the wisdom of God like God Himself. This brings me back to prayer. It brings me back to the reading the Word. It brings me back to Bible studies. It brings me back to the whole reason for the church, to mature Christians in their walk with Him. So, do those things. Start there. Don't miss church just because you're having a bad day. In fact, if you're having a bad day, get your hinder to church. The worship service might help a little bit. It helps me. It helps me. Sometimes I come in and I'm rushing and thinking about my message and thinking about 20 other things and, and I sit in the worship service and go, oh, he's still God. I still love him and he still loves me. I worship him. It sets me free. And then when I, can, I stand up to preach, I'm ready to preach. Discipline your thought life. Nothing will drive you into the earth farther than your own goofy brain. 
Get control of your thought life. It's hard to do. It's one of the hardest things to do. Get control of your thought life. Think on these things. That's why the Bible says that. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are good and pure and holy and righteous, think on these things. It's easy to live in a world that's full of negative and full of garbage and just think on those things all of the time and you work yourself up into this terrible, stressful mess and you lose sight of just how good God has been to you and how righteous He is and how wonderful He is and what an amazing thing it is just to walk with Him day in and day out, to know Him intimately and personally. It's our greatest gift. Don't take it for granted. Embrace it with you all of your heart and all of your time and all of your life. Worship Him and love Him every chance you get. Spend time with Him. Even if it's just a minute here and there, if that's all you've got, first of all, make more time. But secondly, take that time and center your thoughts on the Lord. Your hearts are full of wounds and scars from your past and they keep coming, you know. People keep hurting, people keep wounding, people keep scarring. The world just does that. It's chaotic. It's what it is. But you don't have to live there. Think about the heart's scars and wounds for just a second. You know that your body has thousands of little scars because every time any little prick or any little cut ever touched your skin, it grew back, the skin grew back, but it didn't grow back exactly the same. It's a scar, and your heart carries those as well. The wounds of people, the wounds of life, it's filled with scars. But you serve a God who is a healer, You serve a God who is a lover. You serve a God who pours out the oil of anointing over that broken heart and it heals you. Again, spend time with Him. Get wisdom. Your heart is full of scars. Don't let that determine your direction. Let the God who has called you determine your direction. Don't let the chaos rule take control. So, you can't trust your heart. Don't ever trust your heart. It lies to you all the time. Trust the maker of the heart. Trust the Lord. He'll lead you in the right direction. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about speaking life into chaos and the power of your words and the power of words that you use against and for other people. How to lift each other up. It starts at home and it starts with yourself too. Be kind to yourself. You're not as ugly as you think. God didn't create you that way. God didn't create you that way. He created you beautiful. He created you wonderful. He created you with a purpose. He created you with a direction. Let's start embracing that instead. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your love and your power. Your purpose in our lives. Help us seek after you with all of our hearts that we can honor you with all of our lives. And we can find the healing and the strength that we need to face the world that is around us and bring Eden to the chaos. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. Speaking of chaos with kids, uh, I same time my son yesterday, he's got four kids at home. And um, was, after 10 minutes, Barb and I were so exhausted we had to hang up.
<laughs> Please stand. There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. A Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Well, can you hear it? And can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song. Oh, once you choose it, you can't lose it. Oh, cause there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing but steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart on the floor because I'm very stored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy in the valleys. I wander, turn to mountains that I can't climb. Oh, you are with me, you never leave me. Oh, cause there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing because I've been restored. repeat what you said earlier we need some help from the guys to get 10 tables from downstairs upstairs so if you can help please do and uh, are we gonna need round ones in here no no, no. no that's good the that's newcomers dinner is gonna be downstairs in the youth room and again you didn't need an invite if you're a newcomer you want to find out more about the church or please you join find us out more you don't we got plenty have, new, so. have a great week and just just um, don't let anything steal your joy this week amen I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart of